This week on Another Digital Citizen, there's no cheese grommet. There's none in the house. Another, di- another, digi- another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. 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 Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the most important week of the year. It's Eurovision week. Uh, welcome to another digital citizen. Uh, hello, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Mm-hmm. It's going good. It's Eurovision week. It's the second day of Eurovision week, right? Is that right? Because yesterday was the uh, beginning. Well, it, it depends how you define it. Because if you think of it as uh, Eurovision week being from... They start rehearsing. It's actually like the second week, <laughs> but if you think of it, well, like I mean, then you could the consider live show. from when the very first like song right. is released, <laughs> and that would be like Eurovision quarter, yeah. the quarter, quarter of the quarterly Eurovision. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we had the the first semifinals yesterday. The second semifinal will be tomorrow. And on Saturday, pew, 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 it, it's the big final. Um, but yeah, we will talk about Eurovision a little bit later. But uh, I'm stoked. Uh, it's like my birthday, Christmas, uh, New Year's, and the birth of my children that I don't have I, <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's it's a thing. If I don't feel like it's got as much. Mm, hype <laughs> previous years maybe i don't know why that is but i i totally agree i think well i think it's two reasons for it mainly i think mainly it's it's because it's it's in one of the most expensive towns uh that could be like uh going to liverpool is extremely extremely expensive so i do think and a lot of like uh, Eurovision bloggers that I follow on 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 YouTube has talked about how incredibly expensive everything is there. So I do think that a lot of fuss uh, is gone by that. But oh, okay. I think the yeah. But I do think maybe the biggest one is that EBU has changed a lot of. So for people that don't know, EBU is the Europe, uh, European Broadcast Unit, and they uh, are like the hosts of. Uh, they are the creators of Eurovision, and they changed a lot of rules this year that does uh, make it harder for Eurovision bloggers to blog uh, from uh, their press center. So I, I do think that uh, them putting everything on TikTok. And like focusing on TikTok and only give exclusivity to TikTok. For example, yesterday when everybody was done and uh, the results were in, uh, uh, the drawing of who comes like first or last uh, in the final on Saturday was done on TikTok. So okay. I think like their their focusing on TikTok has made it less um yeah less fun for for people that has followed it on like YouTube the promotion is so all in one place instead of being yeah. like spread across multiple mm-hmm. services which mm-hmm. makes sense except the fact that in america 
it's going to be streamed on Peacock. So why is mm-hmm. that not? Why is NBC not like hyping it up? I guess maybe right. I I never see commercials on NBC, so I'm not exactly the best person to talk about it. But you would think uh, you would see a little more hype around it. But that makes sense as far as like they just don't have a good marketing strategy. If they're all they're yeah, doing it's... is like just promoting it on TikTok, which TikTok yeah. is the biggest social media app. That's true, sure. but it yeah. not everybody is there. Um, yeah, it, it's very it's very pushing it to one uh, kind of like part of the internet. I feel like if you're, I would even say it, one like it, age demographic because there's yeah, a specific yeah. age demographic that's on TikTok. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's that's what's m- making. Uh, it's been like that for two last years. Uh, when they got the new executive producer uh, in Martin Estadal from was Sweden. last year the year they first year they were on Peacock also I want to say it was yeah. yeah yeah it was yeah and it also was the first year they they worked with TikTok it wasn't as intrusive as it is this year because like everything like the first rehearsals yes uh, last year was open for press this this uh, year it wasn't open for press at all and i feel like last so, year was also the year we got like american song contest and all those yeah. other like versions of, of which i we said at the time kind of dilutes the idea of eurovision when you yeah, have like all these other definitely. quote unquote song contests which are under the mm-hmm. same umbrella so i think that mm-hmm. adds to it also a little bit I totally agree, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not, I'm not as excited this year. I feel it in my body. I was, I was actually more excited last year, uh, but yeah, I don't know what it is. I just think it's the song quality as well. Is maybe like the third uh, thing that's kind of like a downer for me. Yeah, Australia's definitely just gonna win because they're the best song. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it a little okay? So let's talk about uh, something completely different. Uh, the first time I heard the term "proud boys," I actually thought it was a gay, uh, gay thing, like people that was very like proud. Oh, like of being pride, gay. like uh, Pride Week or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I never yeah. thought of that, but that's true. Like, if they were called the Pride Boys, mm-hmm. that would be a little more uh, uh, on that level. But I don't think. Yeah, maybe they didn't think about that at the time, or maybe it wasn't like it. Is, <laughs> it is a weird like uh, name for a neo-Nazi organization uh, calling themselves like Proud Boys. They were oh started. Oh gosh, I'm so proud. And they were started by the guy who started Vice, right? And now right, Vice is yeah. shut down, and the Proud Boys have been convicted of January 6th seditious conspiracy. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All in the same week. It's almost, <laughs> like, it's almost like one thing is like the other. <laughs> After a trial lasting several months, a jury in Washington last Thursday handed the Justice Department a major victory, re- reaching a verdict of the Proud Boys on, in a January 6th sedition conspiracy case. The Proud mm-hmm. Boys leader, Enrique Tario, was convicted of seditious conspiracy in his role for the attack on the Capitol in January 6th. Uh, three of the far-right group's lieutenants were also found guilty of conspiring 
to disrupt the certification of an election and to prevent uh, by preventing Joe Biden from because becoming the president of the United States. Mm. Okay. Overall, Tario, Ethan, Nordine, Joe Biggs, Zachary Real, and Zachary Real were found guilty of seditious conspiracy, conspiracy to obstruct the certification of the 2020 election, and actual obstruction of the certification, conspiracy to prevent officers performing their duties, obstruction of law enforcement during civil disorder, and aiding and abetting destruction of government property. That's a lot of things that they, they, they got charged with there. Joe Biggs is like a, a uh, Alex Jones guy, by the way. Mm. And Enrico Tario was a government uh, informant. We should mention that at some point. When you say Biggs, I think of uh, sunflower and pumpkin seeds. That's the first thing. When I, I was in college, watch, and I listened to um, Alex Jones... Like, right when uh, iTunes kind of became a thing and podcasts were a thing, um, mm-hmm. I started listening to podcasts when I got an iPod, and one of the first people on there was, like, Alex Jones. You know what I mean? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, what's this? It was, like, one of the most popular podcasts on iTunes at the time. And I was like, okay, I'll check mm-hmm. this out. Um, and that guy, Joe Biggs, was on there, like, all the time at the mm-hmm. time that I remember it. <laughs> I remember the, Have you ever had listening to yeah, it in sorry. the car on the way to work one day and hearing him be like, mm-hmm. Jesus is, uh, is hates these people because uh, this is that. And I was like, <laughs> why is this guy spewing hate from the perspective of Jesus? And I remember that was the moment I was like, Alex Jones is a crazy person. <laughs> Have you ever had big uh, sunflower seeds? Big sunflower seeds? As mm-hmm. opposed to just regular sunflower seeds? They are called Bigs, yeah. Oh, Bigs. Uh, the brand. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I thought it was, like, big as in, like, they're just larger no, than no, regular no, no. sunflowers. Bigs. Yeah, 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 no. Uh, I, re- I remember uh, they had it in, in a kiosk near my high school. And they had uh, cheeseburger sunflower seeds. And they tasted uh, delicious. This t- apparently Taco Bell has a big s- sunflower uh, seed like collaboration. Oh, okay. Taco Supreme sunflower seed flavored sunflower seeds from mm, Taco Bell. Yeah, but yeah, salted and roasted original is the best, if you ask me. I remember. Uh, oh, they have a dill picker, dill pickle flavored sunflower seed from Biggs also. Sizzling That's bacon. Switch. They have some weird flavors on this website. Oh, they have a pickle. Taki Fuego flavored sunflower seeds. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Takis, but I mean they're they're not. I have never had a Takis in my entire life. They're just. Like, I know they are hot. Yeah, they're just hot. Yeah. Hidden Valley Ranch. Ranch is pretty normal, but they're like. Uh, marketing it with like because the dill pickle one are Vlasic dill pickle so they're like working with other brands Vlasic yeah Yeah, Vlasic is pretty known in Norway I remember when I was a kid playing baseball when I was really young because I didn't Mm -hmm. play baseball for super long but everybody uh, putting a giant thing of sunflower seeds like in your mouth like it was a thing of chew or like you know what I mean uh 
uh, chewing tobacco, even though, mm-hmm. because, like, in baseball in the 90s, that was a cool thing to be chewing, chewing tobacco. It's such a weird thing to think about now that people thought chewing tobacco was cool, which, obviously, it's the grossest thing ever. I wonder... I wonder if if uh, the bacon one is good. That sounds good. Sizzling bacon, yeah. I had to most of the time bacon flavored things aren't that great. Like I don't like I like I like bacon, but I don't like bacon flavored stuff. You know what I mean? What the fuck is old bay? I have never heard of old bay. It's a seafood seasoning. It's like a southern thing. Like if you were to do a crab okay. boil, crab boil is like you season it with old bay. Old Bay seasoned sunflower seeds. That doesn't sound good to me at all. <laughs> Old Bay is good with seafood, not anything else. Yeah. Hmm. Well, welcome to our, our rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, Russia uh, says that it uh, uh, foiled an attack on Kremlin. Yeah, it must have been attacked with sunflower seeds, I guess, but the U.S. <laughs> a, a U.S. think tank says Russia likely staged a drone attack on the Kremlin, and so they bombed themselves, again, as a false flag mm-hmm. operation, with other observers noting how political ad- politically advantageous the in- incident would be for the Russians. On Wednesday, they claimed that mm-hmm. two drones, one of which was apparently caught on camera, was sent over the Kremlin as a planned terrorist attack and an attempt on Vladimir Putin's life. It characterized the inc- uh, Russia characterized the incident as a Ukrainian attack. Um, they also came out and said it was the U.S. with or that it was U- the Ukrainians with the backing of the U.S. Hmm. But obviously, like I just said, the U.S. is saying that it's likely staged um, that the yeah. Russians blew up their own building again yeah yeah what do you think um there is i i think it's from war war and peace there's this very good uh thing that says in in war and peace is all allowed even lying about where you were attacked and i feel like it's kind of like in that way that I, I I think that some of the things that happens inside of Russia itself sabotage to get Russians to believe certain things. If this is one of those things, I I don't know anymore. I I feel like I I, I don't trust Amer- the American sources. I don't trust uh, the Russian sources. I feel like it's a it could be both. <laughs> well, I think the thing you're not putting, uh, you said American and Russian sources, but there's the, also mm. the Ukrainians, right? And what sure. I would say is look at the track record of that. Um, remember when the the Russians blew up their own pipeline? Mm. And remember when r- the Russians blew up their own bridge in Crimea? Right, yeah. And remember when the Russians dropped a bomb in Poland? Or a mm-hmm. drone in Poland? Oh, wait, th- well, that was all the Ukrainians that did that. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoopsie. But we all, we blamed all that on Russia. Right, yeah. and it came out a few months later. So right now, yes, they're saying this, but guess what? I'm guessing in about three weeks we're going to find out that this was the Ukrainians. <laughs> I mean, if the track record... Uh, of right. everything else that's happened in the past few months is uh, accurate. Are you United States with Norwegian help? 
Right. Plus yeah. Everything else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the one. Yeah. The pipeline is definitely the odd one out in those examples that I gave. But as far as like the bridge <laughs> in Crimea, it definitely we know now that yeah. it was the Ukrainians that did that and lied about it at the time, mm-hmm. which could be the same situation we're in right here. That's what I think, but I could be wrong. I suppose. Yeah. I'm just going with the evidence that I've been given, and the evidence <laughs> I've been given points to that conclusion. It's a little like, yeah, I, I, I've just stopped believing any source that comes out in this war. It's kind of the I'm, boy who I'm, cried wolf situation, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, and uh, you get a little bit tired when, when, especially when, when you like have followed this like uh, uh, anti-Russian propaganda long, long, long before uh, they inv- invaded Ukraine. Jesus Christ! I mean, it's uh, it's not new that Russia is blamed to to everything. I mean, if the Pope coughs in the Vatican, you can bet that uh, America finds the reason why it's the Russians' fault. Yeah, um... <laughs> it's kind of true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and and that. The U.S. will find a way to like back some other country to go against yeah. their quote unquote enemy, even though, mm-hmm. um, like the real part that created the enemy part of like Russia was the 2014 annexing of, of Crimea, which is what started <laughs> this whole thing, even though we supported rebel groups in the area at the time to go against right. Russia. And so in a way that people don't seem to like acknowledge, we were involved in this the entire time. As I mean, oh, the yeah, U.S. Yeah. is who I'm talking about as far as we. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The royal we. <laughs> it definitely. <laughs> Me and my mates. <laughs> Me and those two others. Speaking yeah. of the royal we, I guess we'll go into this right now. But Prince Andrew mm. uh, booed as he's drew as he was driven to the coronation of King Charles. Uh, mm-hmm. The royal we, as in going to the bathroom. Prince Andrew mm-hmm. was booed by a small crowd of onlookers as he was driven down <laughs> the mall of he- ahead of his brother's coronation. The Duke of York, sixty-three, appeared to have a sour look on his face as he was driven from Buckingham Palace. Uh, mm. It was previously announced that Andrew would not have any formal role in the ceremony, having stepped down yeah. from his working uh, role as a royal. Uh, why was that? Oh, yeah, because of his links to Jeffrey Epstein. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, forgot about that. Uh, yeah. However, uh, the king's brother did wear his ceremon- ceremonial order of the garter's robe in contrast with previous occasions. Mm-hmm. Everybody was kind of dressed like a real idiot at this thing. I don't know if you saw any clips or watched this. <laughs> like, everybody was dressed like a complete moron. Yeah. So someone someone was in my apartment uh, just around, like, when this was happening. And they were like, oh, I'm not watching the coronation. And I was like, no. <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm, I'm, an, I'm, I'm a very... Uh, when it comes to, like... Uh, that kind of things. I am very Republican. <laughs> I think I'm I, I, the, extremely at least Republican. Online, the 
sentiment that I saw most about this is just like, um, this is so out of date. Yeah. As far as yeah, like some it's like so outdated. Yeah. The the pom- literal pomp and I I think pomp and circumstance is literally w- w- that term came from this almost. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And. Yeah, yeah. The pomp and circumstance of this is so over the top and ridiculous looking to be happening in 2023. It's mm. it, it seemed like you were watching something from like the early, you know, 1900s or something and mm. it hasn't been updated at all and so it looks like um people living out their fantasy from some other generation. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about it when I I was uh, watching uh, Bridgeton thing um, later this week, and I I, I thought of uh, because I I'm a very big fan of the Crown Crown. Sorry, I can't speak, but I don't like Bridgeton, and, and I was thinking about like what what is it about the Crown uh, that I like uh, opposite to the Bridgeton, and for me it's like the the historical elements of of uh, the crown uh is interesting for me i like the historical that it's actually historically accurate but where when it comes to british and i know everything is like totally bullshit and i was thinking a little about that when when they were doing this crowning uh was a lot of like uh it was followed very closely in Norwegian media because of of course we have our own royal family that is directly connected to the english uh family and uh, a lot of them are like in family are cousins of each other and things like that and the whole thing is so fucking incestuous that it's it's crazy and i I, I I I hate feeling that we have someone that's like born into power. Like you're not fucking born into power. I'm never going to kneel or bow to someone royal in my entire life because guess what? They haven't fucking deserved it. They I mean, I don't know if it's the it. same in Norway, but like in the UK, they don't mm-hmm. actually have any power. That's the thing of the whole situation, the whole well, pomp and circumstance more... of it is right. like it's all a smoke show because none of it's real. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's the whole thing that makes think. it ridiculous. Well, they have more power than you think, actually, especially in the UK. In Norway, it's totally without fucking meaning. But in the UK, it's actually has some some le- legislative uh, power. But it, it, it depends how you look upon it. But, but it's like, uh, I do agree that it definitely has gone down in power and it's more uh, like uh, hoopla and absolutely well if that's the case like if they do have some type of legislative power the argument from the side this week that's like get rid of the royal family is Mm -hmm. they you know they don't do anything and if anything they um hurt the country and then the other side's like well yeah but what about tourism yeah, that's the whole argument. That like of yeah. it's, and so yeah. if that's the argument, I would say, uh, yeah, get rid of them, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, but that's the strongest argument I hear in Norway as well. What about tur- tourism? What are we going to do with the, the royal castle in Norway? 
I'm not saying that you should like <laughs> knock it down and. <laughs> I say like... turn it into a Taco Bell. You guys don't have any Taco Bells over there, so <laughs> Taco Bell's fucking way better than the royal family. I guarantee you. <laughs> Taco Bell and KFC. Yeah, 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 combo a combo place exactly. I they don't all of Olive Garden in the second. That was a thing when I was in like college. Combo fast food restaurants like. Uh, a and W Taco Bell. I remember there being one around, like around the corner from me. But yeah, doing a combination, uh, just fast food joint or like a just a fast food mall. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Do you think they have Taco Bell in Taiwan? Uh, probably. Um, yeah. just because it's like so connected to American culture at this point. Maybe not though. Taiwan Taco Bell. Let do, me look it up. Do they have McDonald's in China? See, I don't know this. I, I'm. I don't know why I'm why I'm asking when I don't know. They literally do have Taco Bell in Taiwan. Okay. According to TripAdvisor and Yelp. So, uh, yeah. Do they have McDonald's in China? In China, I don't know. Mm. That's I think a lot less likely, right? Because China only recently uh, opened up to the rest of the world. Uh, apparently, according to In the Know, Taco Bell is a high-end restaurant in in China. Oh, a high-end restaurant. <laughs> it's not only just like a. F <laughs> it's a fine dining restaurant in China, apparently. No, uh, that's just Come a. This is that's what it says in the know from Yahoo. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it, it explains why many that's US uh, catching on. Uh, oh, because of TikTok, apparently. Okay. You know what that reminds me of? Demolition Man. Remember that when they go to Taco yeah, Bell and Demolition that. Man, yes. and it's like yes. <laughs> the like super small portions and everything. The Demolition Man that uh, did uh, have a lot of like uh, Simpsons. Uh, yeah, it predicted so. the future for sure. It predicted yeah. like uh, uh, holy fuck a whole bunch of things. Yeah, right. apparently also fine dining Taco Bell restaurants, but uh, in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. U.S. President Joe Biden's administration is planning to send $500 million worth of weapons to Taiwan using the same emergency authorization it, had, it has used 35 times this past year for Ukraine. A source mm -hmm. said familiar with the plan on Friday. As part of the 2023 budget, Congress has authorized up to a billion dollars worth of weapons for Taiwan uh, using the Presidential Drawdown Authority, a type of author authority that expedites security assistance and has helped send uh, arms and aid to Ukraine. This drawdown, which authorizes the president to transfer articles and services of U.S. stockpiles without congressional approval, that's important, would be <laughs> mm -hmm. the first from that $1 billion authorization. China views democratically governed Taiwan as its own territory has and has increased military pressure on the island over the past three years. It has never announced the use of force uh, to bring the island under its control, but last month China staged war games around Taiwan. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, this was Are you in, in response. That was in response to House Representative Speaker Kevin McCarthy uh, visit. Right. right. Okay. Are you, are you ready for a, a very hot take? Okay. 
Uh, I don't think the situation in Taiwan and Ukraine is the same. That's my really hot take. I know that sounds very like naive of me to say that, but okay, uh, I think you're <laughs> correct. But why do you think they're not the same? I think you should explain. It's, it it it's almost like one of the countries is occupied by another country and the other one is not. Well, it's almost the U.S. Like would argue that the that China says that Taiwan is theirs, but they don't recognize. Uh, but the U.S. doesn't recognize China as owning Taiwan, so they right. they would argue it's the exact same thing as Crimea, which the Russians see as theirs and the Ukrainians see as theirs. So China sees Taiwan as theirs. Taiwan sees it as theirs. The U.S. doesn't see it as China. So to them, as far as like land disputes go, it's similar. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so the U.S. is like, "Oh, you got a land dispute? We'll take that." But I'm land not dispute. Sure. We'll, we'll we'll throw some weapons in there. Uh, oh, you got um, some computer chips? We want. Okay. <laughs> I still don't think it's the same thing. Well, it's not the same thing, but it is equivalent in the mindset of a U.S. imperialist. Yeah, but I don't think that's correct. <laughs> Actually, I think it's pretty wrong. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah but I mean, that's, that's not going to stop hot World sake. War Three. but sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? Me, me saying that it's not the same situation uh, is not going to stop it? I mean, uh, this is a reminder that last week we talked about us sending nuclear submarines to South Korea as well. And yeah, now this is happening true. the week after, so... And they're literally comparing it, it to Ukraine in this article. So I don't know how people don't see the problem with this, and we're not talking about it more, but whatever. Right. It's almost like, I feel... Uh, you have seen Wag the Dog, haven't you? The movie? Oh, many years ago, sure. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I think it's based on a true story, right? Uh, don't think so. I think it is. Okay. But, Let me look uh, it up. But anyway, yes, for people that don't know, it's all about, like, uh, uh, some people uh, making a conflict. Uh, so uh, they hush down. Yeah, it's based on the Bill Clinton affair. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, that uh, the president has a sexual uh, relationship with someone, and they make a false war to... To, to distract people and sometimes it feels like that especially now that's like we're we're nearing um, the election I think I think here's a way for Biden to win uh, next year well they always say or at least in my whole lifetime they've always said uh, any president in a current yeah. war yeah. is very yeah. It's unlikely that they're not going to be yeah. re... Yeah. Um, any first-term president, I, get, I should say. Right. It's yes. unlikely it, during a, a current war that they would not be re-elected. Yeah, so what I was going to say is that uh, if Biden is super smart, he starts a war. I think this also more has to do with, like, global uh, power, like... Um, 
the power on the world stage of like China is slowly encroaching on becoming the more powerful country than the U.S. and the U.S. doesn't like mm. that. Um, and so, and yeah, I I think a lot of it has more to do with like global supremacy than anything else. But I, I think mm. you're right, true that there is like a level of um the whole country in America is completely disillusioned with our government and our media and everything else. Mm -hmm. So if we were to throw ourselves into some kind of like huge conflict, everybody would stop paying attention to that and start paying attention mm -hmm. to the war in a way. It's like, could be a good distraction for the bad parts, the bad elements of our government. And so some mm -hmm. of those people not only would be pushing it for that reason, but guess what? It makes us a lot of money. There's a lot of money in war. There's a lot of dollar bills. Luke. And Yon, and and Juan. That, and Kroners. Kroners up the ass in this bitch. Stop. <laughs> Stop. You're not su supposed to say this part out loud. Mm. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. This says that uh, Barry Levinson's Wag the Dog was not based on real events, but I think... Um, mm. It, well, it, like I said, it has a kernel, a kernel of li uh, of a literary concept that was then developed through an adaption process. Right. So I think, right. like you said, started with the idea of the whole Clinton thing, and then yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, cough, cough. Um, uh, the WHO downgrades the COVID pandemic, no more uh, an emergency. I guess so, we don't call it a pandemic anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, it even it's, says here, COVID. World Health Organization said Friday that it downgraded COVID-19 to no longer categorize it as a global health emergency. The UN Health mm -hmm. Agency first declared it an international crisis in January 30th of 2020. The director general, Ted, or Dr. Tedros, and, oh, geez, that is a name, uh, Dr. Tedros, that's what we'll call him, <laughs> announced changes during the media briefing held with reporters at the agency's headquarters in Geneva, Switzerland. <laughs> he clarified that this does not mean the pandemic is over. Oh, I guess I was wrong when I just said that oh. it was over. It is uh, with great hope that I declare COVID-19 over as a global health emergency, he said. However, that does not mean COVID-19 is over as a global health threat. All right. Ah, oh. okay. So it's like all yeah. just semantics, is what what he's yes. saying. Yeah, it feels very like a semantic statement. That's for fucking sure. I also think it's weird because, like, I always thought the same thing about the quote unquote vaccine. There's like, mm -hmm. um, you need to get the vaccine, or or people who were anti-vax would be like, oh, I hate that vaccine. There were like four different vaccines. So which one are you talking about that you hate or the one that I should get, right? And this is the same. Right. It's like, how many different types of COVID do we have now? <laughs> there's like the Omicron. There's uh, yeah. the B B2 version. Like, which COVID are, is, uh, is over? Because there's multiple COVIDs. Right. Depends uh, what COVID you want, I guess. Right, you get the COVID that you want, right? <laughs> I actually have a this guy I used to work with. I found out he got long COVID, and now he's got like a uh, serious health problems from uh, mm. from the long like 
the long-term version of COVID. Like, he got it, and then it, like, certain parts of that never went away. So it's still totally affecting people, uh, even people I know, so. Yeah, my one of my healthcare professionals uh, has a cough still. I think like. the guy I know has, like, a, yeah, it's like a respiratory thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a long time since you ate a Subway. Are you going to eat a Subway this weekend watching Eurovision? I've stopped. There's a better sub place around me, so I've got started going there. But Subway's, like, pretty uh, mid as far as subs go, right? Yeah, because the last time I remember you had Subway, it wasn't this uh, Super Bowl, but the last one. Yeah, it's a good... The thing is, Subway used to be fairly economical also. While it wasn't, Mm. like, the best sub sandwich, at least the prices were good, and now that's Mm. no longer the case. They've, like... But I think it also is, like, supply and demand. Less people want to go to Subway because Subway, the quality has gone down also while the price has gone up. So why would you go... Yeah, exactly. Why would you go there? Sorry. Yeah, in the beginning, when, when it was in Norway, it was very, very good. Until it wasn't. <laughs> and I really remember when I stopped going to the one in Lillehammer. I really remember that because it was so gross there. Like they had no absolutely fucking cleaning or anything. It was just like, ugh. Yeah, well, Subway is claiming uh, that this is due... Like, people don't like it because of this specific case that we've talked about quite a bit in the past, from. Mm-hmm. A California yeah, that... woman that was su- is suing Subway, uh, claiming that a tuna product contain ingredients other than tuna. Uh, mm-hmm. But now she wants to end her lawsuit because she is currently pregnant, and prompting Subway to demand. Oh, this is prompting Subway to demand that her lawyers be sanctioned for bringing a frivolous case against the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woman said that her severe morning sickness and debilitating condition as she prepares for her third child have left her unable to proceed with the obligations as a plaintiff of the case. Um, in a May 4th filing, Subway said that her excuse flunked the straight face test and that her lawyers likely realized that it was not a simple pay the windfall settlement and that they hoped oh, that they hoped for uh, and that this was a that, that they constructed a high-profile shakedown. Subway also said that the media frenzy from the lawsuit caused severe harm and faulted uh, an ever-changing... Oh, her ever-changing theories to debunk its claims that the tuna salad tuna salad and sandwiches, as well as wraps, contained 100% tuna. Um, I remember that they did, like, an independent uh, test of the tuna. If, if I remember correctly... Mm-hmm. It came back as there being no tuna in in the I tuna. I do remember that. Yes. Uh, so I don't know what. what how is that uh, like defamation? I think that's what they're suggesting is that she, this frivolous lawsuit, uh, defamed them as as a company. I don't think that is true. I think their own fucking behavior. It's uh, what have destroyed their company. Well, let me argue something even more to this point. Mm. Is that now Subway is telling is trying to sanction 
her attorneys, meaning they're trying to, uh, you know, attack this pregnant woman for mm. suing them. This is just even worse PR, right? I mean, yeah. it, if I anything, they should just be like, okay, that's it. At least it's gone now and we don't have to deal with it. But they're going to go and mm. attack a pregnant woman now. Are, mm -hmm. Who is working at Subway, PR firm, because they're fucking morons, apparently. Uh, We've got yeah. bad press, so let's attack a pregnant woman uh, <laughs> and try and sue, uh, sue her. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good PR, right? I don't think it's good PR that even... Yeah. Like I said, when like PR firms fucks up for themselves, uh, I don't really feel that sorry for them, to be honest. Yeah, especially when we, like, it would be one case if we didn't have evidence that, uh, th if she just came out and said, oh, this is fake, and she didn't have any proof that it was fake, mm -hmm. but those tests show, showed that not only was it not tuna, but that there were presences of other things in there, like beef and chicken and mm -hmm. things like that, um... Which they never denied. Subway never denied these things. They just came out with a thing saying, "Oh well, our we." It says here Subway said uh, that the ever-changing theory debunked its uh, claims, uh, debunked her claims that it was a hundred percent tuna. Mm. Okay, so yeah, I don't really know what they're complaining about. Uh... Well, it's well they want her to pay for the legal fees. Is what it is, right? You're... Maybe, maybe they should just go back in time and never hi hired a pedo to be their frontman. Maybe their downfall really started with in like two thousand and ten. Yeah, having Jared uh, being their spokesman. It could be that uh, when people also think of. Subway, they think of uh, sh uh, children being molested. It also, I mean, that definitely be. adds to it, right? Yeah, and yeah. they don't ever seem to like. But I think also because I kept going to Subway after a bunch of different scandals. But I remember even before the Jared thing, there was a scandal of people saying that like Subway's bread was made wasn't made with like real flour. It was, like, made right. with some kind of weird flour substitute. There's always been weird, like, subway conspiracy theories. I think the mm -hmm. real problem was, like, uh, in, I don't know, a number of years ago, the quality uh, went way down. Like, the veggies were no longer mm -hmm. fresh. Like, the meat is, you know, worse than other sub places as far as the quality of, like, um, the actual product goes and that i think that's what really ruined them as a company it's like degrading the quality of their product and also increasing prices more than anything else really can i also think it's kind of ironic that uh, something that could be mistaken for a submarine uh, uh have problems with uh, something that's in the water has too nice oh i see yeah okay mm -hmm. it's a weird connection to make but i i get it mm -hmm. i got i got mm -hmm. what you're saying yeah mm -hmm. so if you had to choose between subway uh with tuna or pasta dumped uh, all over the grass what would you eat 
That's a good question, right? I, I don't even... I would never buy a tuna sub <laughs> at a restaurant or a tuna sandwich, mm -hmm. period, anywhere. I would only make a tuna sandwich at home. That's but you have to in this scenario you have to choose between uh, <laughs> a tuna sandwich from Subway or a bunch yeah. of pasta dumped on the ground. I think I'd probably mm -hmm. go tuna sandwich from Subway, right? <laughs> yeah, I, you're not going to New Jer Jersey and uh, eat pasta next to a creek. No, um, mm -hmm. but New Jersey town baffled by 500 plus pounds of pasta dumped by a creek. <laughs> Residents of New Jersey town are stumped by when they found 500 pounds of pasta inexplicably dunked, dumped next to a local brook. Last month, Nina Jakowitz, a former candidate mm -hmm. for the seat of Old British town, Township Council, posted pictures on her Facebook page that show heaps of spaghetti and macaroni uh, dumped alongside the bank of Irasik Brook. Uh, she said on a Facebook post a good estimate it's more than 500 pounds of pasta the image quickly triggered a slew of online reactions some humorous like cloudy with a chance of meatballs comparison mm. which makes sense some others wrote Very i can't funny. get what what's the problem just pour a couple of buckets of sa sauce on it and you're good to go <laughs> but other people were uh, mad about this saying what a disgrace the spaghetti could have been given to a food pantry to help homeless people True. You don't know that it wasn't like out of you know expiration date or whatever. But sure. so many, uh, so much food, uh, so many can't afford food. What a waste! Said other people. I, I mean, there's mm -hmm. something to say about that, right? But um, other times, not. I suppose. But uh, where does it come from? Nobody knows. Uh, some residents uh, think some they may have yeah. solved the mystery after they discovered a pile of noodles came from a nearby home that is currently up for sale after the mother's death a military veteran was moving from his mother's house when he discovered a stockpile of old pasta in the house mm -hmm. i really feel like it was just trying to clean out his parents house and they were probably stocked up from uh like coat uh, from the pandemic uh so th that's what people are there was a house that it this isn't even confirmed this is like just a theory that somebody right. was cleaning out an old woman had stockpiled up for the pandemic with pasta because they didn't mm. know and then died and then this person came to clean it out and just dumped all the pasta out next to a creek because there was so much of it uh, one person it it even says here the pasta which appears in the photos to be cooked was actually uncooked according to old bridge business administrator it simply oh. appears cooked because of rainfall recently in the area yeah, that that makes sense. It it would uh, swallow up if it came rain. Yeah, and you would be because able to I, tell I was if thinking, it was like, what's the fucking point of boiling old pasta <laughs> and then dumping <laughs> and it next to a creek, right? And throwing it out. I don't really like see the reason why you would like <laughs> uh, have a lot of like water and heat and uh, shit used to make all pasta uh, yeah but yeah i i guess i can understand like why they um would dump let's say the the theory of it being like this old woman's house and there was just she had 500 pounds of pasta like stocked up mm. that's a lot, yeah, of that's pasta. a lot of pasta yeah uh 
it says here the people, the employees, public works employees who ended up cleaning it up, said it appeared to be 15 wheelbarrow loads of pasta. I mean, that's relative because a wheelbarrow, there's bigger wheelbarrows and smaller wheelbarrows, but just a general idea of it. But Mm. I'm sure if they left it out like that in the the rain, it was probably pretty al dente. (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of al dente. I prefer like a more little, more than al dente. I like like slightly more than, I don't like a little, that little... mm, Crunch. I like it a little more than al dente, personally. Yeah, no, I want it al dente. No, okay. I think most yeah. people do. I, I actually like a soggy fry more than a crispy fry, so I'm just a little bit of a weirdo. Uh, you're crazy. Right. Nobody, nobody likes that. I like a soggy fry. I do. I prefer a curly fry. Uh, curly fries are generally more soggy than wow. like a regular fry, also. So. After 396 episodes of this podcast, you finally said something that... Uh, it's super controversial. We can't, yeah, we can't come through. I, I just think we have to end the podcast right now. And I eat, and but, eat uh, my curly fries on Chinese food. We'll talk about that during the uh, Jeremy round. You do? No. <laughs> That's not an American thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, we'll talk about it during the Jeremy round if you don't know what I'm yes. talking about. I do know what. Oh, you do. About. Okay. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Adam ruins everything. Um, I think that's a fun TV show. I liked the uh, the YouTube version of it better than the TV show, but I like Adam yeah. Conifer as a person. I think he's a interesting. He he's smart. He's a smart guy. He's a very intelligent guy. Uh, I, I think some episodes are better than others. Uh, but yeah, I, I, his la- latest like Netflix one was terrible about the economy. I think but, his uh, YouTube show to a TV show was a better transfer than, say, Mark Rober. Or yes. Lily Singh. So, yeah, I'll say that about yes. his TV show. Well, yeah. it, uh, Lily Singh. <laughs> don't, don't make me get PST. Uh, but yeah, uh, he was on CNN. I have seen this clip, by the way. I have not seen it. Well, oh, I know what it's talking about, but I have not. I specifically avoided watching it so I could watch it here. So, yeah, no, I I saw it before you linked it to me, sadly. But uh, yeah, he's going to talk about the writers' strike on CNN, and uh, let's see if uh, it goes very good. All right, give me a countdown. In three, two, one. Strike is about. So the studios are trying to eliminate the writers' room. You're probably familiar with the term, the writers' room. This was on CNN for decades, where writers get together and break a story and write scripts. The companies are trying to eliminate it. They're trying to make the room smaller. They're trying to employ us on a freelance basis. Uh, They'd rather we just stay home and email scripts in, and they pay us a fee every once in a while. And we can't make a living that way. And so our proposals are to ensure that there's a writers' room on every single show. And they have refused to even discuss that proposal with us. Another sticking point is that we want to make sure that writers are paid the same in streaming as they are on television. Amen. My my first show was for True TV. Yeah, we talked about show that. Was for Netflix. Like, how do you manage that though? Format, it's a- but on yeah. Netflix, we had no minimums, we had no protections, we were paid less. The residuals are literally one percent of what they were. Uh, uh, under broadcast, and that's true for everybody in late night. That's true for uh, screenwriters. It's true across all of our work areas. 
What do you say to those uh, that, are, that run this industry that say, look, times are changing. We are not making as much money as we once did. This is not the golden era uh, of television, although some of us would argue the shows are great. Um, what do you say to them? So I'd point out the fact that David Zaslav, the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, which is you know the parent company of the network I'm talking to you on right also now, also the owners by CNN, by the way, fifty million dollars last year, a quarter of a billion dollars. That's about the same level as what. 10,000 writers are asking him to pay all of us collectively, all right? So I would say if you're being paid $250 million, Ted Sarandos made about $50 million last year. Uh, these companies are making enormous amounts of money. Their profits are going up. It's ridiculous for them to plead poverty. Yep. That's totally what I said last week, right? Shows, uh, about, like, the Lord of the Rings thing. Lord of the Rings show. I know writers who have had to go on assistance uh, because they have not been able to make their year. Uh, the, the, if, you, <laughs> if you look at these companies, they're making more money than ever. It's the people who make the shows for them that yep. are making less. Adam Conover, thank you so cool. much for coming on because you ruined everything. You may have just ruined my career, but I don't mind. <laughs> that's kind of funny. That end part, that she's like, kind of funny. you might have ruined my whole career, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, I think I am totally f backing the writers. I don't know oh, how definitely. you... Okay. Oh, yeah. I think the one thing that people... Uh, even in our position, who are totally for the union and 100% behind them because they mm. definitely deserve to be compensated. And the thing, I think, there's two things, really, that are being discussed but not talked about enough is that if this does go through as far as, like, paying the writers for uh, compensating them for the, the work they do on streaming services will cause mm. streaming... Uh, service fees to go up because the way right. that they're going to be paid is through uh, subscription fees which means that the, the subscription will have to be increased by those streaming services to pay the writers right right so and i do understand that. you we have to accept that as like consumers that if you're behind right. the union that you're going to have to pay more for the 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 content that you're currently getting right. which i guess i'm okay with but then there's I'm also okay well, yeah. looking at it from the production side of it uh and things like chat gpt coming along mm. uh how is as far as negotiations go between writers and uh, producers and things like that how is chat mm -hmm. gpt and ai bots who can that can write uh whole scripts uh, how is that going to affect the negotiations? Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I can. I feel like the producers are going to have leverage over the writers f because of that. Yeah, we will see how good uh, GBT gets. I guess. Uh, let's talk about some of. This oh well, sorry. I was going to oh. say hmm? we covered. Uh, AI writing scripts a number of probably two years ago and at the time we concluded oh this is totally unusable and now I would say yeah. I have a totally different conclusion so oh definitely yeah it's going to be interesting I think we're not going to see the ramifications of this whole thing for what half a year maybe more but yeah I think I think uh, maybe a year plus uh, it be, just because of the turnover of like there are already shows yes. that are in editing phase and they're going to come mm -hmm. out but after that yeah 
however, it, we're going to see the ramifications of it right on this tele or on this podcast because of our television segment. Yeah. TV shows and gosh darn it, the genie uh, read my thought of what I wish from a TV program this week because I got stone cold takes on America this week. That sure was one of the shows I watched this week. <laughs> it was definitely a reality show that could be made if there was a writer's strike. Uh, Holy moly. So let me just like uh, tell everybody what is the concept of this is. Yeah. Because it, it is Stone Cold uh, Star uh, Austin. He has an RV and he's going to drive around America accepting challenges from fans of his to push him out of his comfort zone. I would put he's fans in quotes. In quotes, yes. But he's also doing this with people he has never ever met. And that is a thing in this show for uh, some fucking reason yeah. that he doesn't know. These fans' interactions were definitely not just set up by a producer uh, no. through like a talent agency or anything. Did you also Absolutely notice? Absolutely not. In the intro bit, when they were like mm -hmm. going through all the people who had sent him like um, yep. submissions, did you see one the, of the people? <laughs> yeah, one thing was not like the other. The lie uh, detector lie guy. Lie detector guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. I'm so hot. I, I was like, are they? They didn't cut that from the show. Like, they apparently haven't seen what's been going on online with the lie detector guy. I guess. Uh, so funny. <laughs> but yeah, uh, one of my se favorite segments of the show was probably the bowling because holy fuck, that was funny. I kind of uh, wanted each episode to be like two or three activities. Right. And get more, like, in-depth with it, but it was, like, yeah. I would say ten per episode, almost. And so it didn't yeah. feel like he really delved into it that deeply. There was one point no. where... Which one was it? Where, um... The sandboarding one. Yeah, where he was, was like, very watch yeah. the guy do it, and then went up to the top of the thing and was like, eh, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I thought you were gonna take on America, Steve Austin. Yeah. But holy fuck, I had s I don't know how to grade this because I had so much fun with it. I mean, it's a terrible TV show, right? Uh, but but I had very much fun with it. Like for me, it's probably an eight. But uh, what do I give it as a TV show? I'm I don't know. Uh, three maybe. I said uh, four. So I mean, yeah. we're not too far away from each other. It's just so. It's a very cheap, so fucking easy random. show to make. Yeah. Um, there's no cost to it. There's no writing to it. It's just like all right. this setup of like. It would be way more interesting if the the interactions with him and quote unquote fans were like real, mm. where it was mm. actually somebody sending him a thing and being like, "Hey, come do this." Where okay. it clearly is just producers in touch with people who are professionally. Uh, they have a business that they're trying to promote in, in every situation that he goes into. So, yeah. yeah. If, if it was but, uh, more genuine, I would it would be a higher score. But, uh, yeah, no. It's uh, still not the worst thing I watched this week. Yeah, and it was on A&E, we should mention. Uh, mm -hmm. Was there... Oh, and then there was something on... Uh, 
Bravo, which was another, I guess there was a couple uh, reality shows on Bravo this week, right? Which one should I mm-hmm. talk about? Let's talk about Dancing Queens, because... Uh, Let's talk about Dancing Queens. <laughs> it's not the show I thought it was going to be when I heard the title. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> I was expecting a very different show when I was like... Heard the title Dancing Queens, um, but this is about was, middle-aged ballroom dancers who are like... I, w- I was like, I, I was going into this and I was like thinking, oh, this is going to be Toddler Sentiera, or this is going to be something like Child... I thought it was going to be RuPaul's say? Drag Race. Oh, Dancing okay. Queens, right? I mean, that... Oh, yeah, yeah Right. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking... Uh, it's thinking something like that, uh, some kind of dancing show, but with like a drag element to it. That's mm-hmm. what I thought it was going to be. Okay. But this is about middle-aged uh, dancers competing in ballroom dance, and it's mo- it's mm-hmm. kind of it is a little bit like Dance Moms if there were if the yes. if the moms were actually the dancers instead of like just the, the them arguing over their children. But I think I think it. Uh, I really was like, oh, I don't know anything about this, and I was like, uh, I wonder who this Alyssa Edwards is, and I was like, uh, I went down a rabbit hole because she's an Arctic director of Beyond Belief Dance Company. If if you had to guess Beyond Belief Dance Company, if that is a Christian organization or not, look, what would you say? Uh, I'm guessing it is just by by the tone of your voice, <laughs> right? Uh, it's so, such a weird thing. It's uh, yeah. Uh, there also was, uh, uh, and I was like, where have I seen this before? And I, uh, of course, it is uh, from America's Got Talent. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's where I've seen this before. Oh, okay. Well, I don't watch yeah. that show, so I'm not surprised. But the. But yeah. The characters in this are unlikable. So if mm-hmm. you're like one of those shows where like everybody is somebody you can hate, then this is probably a good reality show for you. I think it's interesting <laughs> that they like even point out in this one woman is like, I pay him to be my partner, so he needs to do mm-hmm. what I say. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think you understand what the word partnership means. Yeah. <laughs> right? But yeah, uh, I would rather see uh, the movie Dancing Queens, the Swedish movie. That was a good movie. Was that where so. the song from ABBA came from? Was it from that movie? Uh, no, ABBA was from the 80s and Dancing Queens was 2000. Was later, so... 20-something. Okay, I don't yeah. think I ever saw the movie. I remember the song, yeah. for sure. You're my Dancing Queen. Yes. Copyright I strike more because it copyrights. Right. <laughs> I was just taking that, but yeah, it still wasn't the worst reality show I watched this week. Um, I think that price goes to Naked and Afraid Last One Standing. I really hope you watch this. I didn't. Is this a new Naked and Afraid version? I, I never really watched any of the Naked and Afraid stuff, so... Me neither. Uh, this is on Discovery, yeah. Uh, it is... Uh, uh, people that has been on it before, and I was like, oh... Oh, okay. It's... Yeah, and... Uh, uh, they... It's all uh, stars. I, it is, yeah. 
uh, and they are in South Africa. And uh, it's like, like I said, last one standing, the last one that's there. So everybody else dies, is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. They, uh, yep. Yes. Good TV show. It's quality uh, Christian games. television programming where they all die. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, this was terrible. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, was most irritating is like you're uh, supposed to know who these people are. You're supposed to have a connection to them before. So if you're like me that has never seen... I don't think oh, I've yeah. seen a single fucking episode of uh, Naked and Afraid. I've seen an episode... Or, I've never seen a whole season. I can tell you right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like... Okay, oh, this guy person is back. Okay, I don't care. But you're supposed to hate them or like them and know everything about them. It's their franchising but, uh, it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I will give it a one because it was terrible. What? Is, it's a Discovery show? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll have to check that out for next week. Another reality show. Oh, my God. So many reality shows. Summer House, Martha's yeah. Vineyard. Holy moly, this was n- not what I was thinking it would be either. <laughs> oh, I'd seen, I've seen Summer House, like the original, so I kind oh, of... Oh, under- I hadn't. Oh, okay. Well, that's funny. Yeah, Summer House, I watched the original version of it, so I kind of mm. had an inkling of what it was going to be, but... Mm. Um, it's a, it's like a spinoff of of that, which, in and of itself, Summerhouse is basically just a spinoff of Jersey slash Geordie Shore. It's the right. same show, but this one they're in Martha's Vineyard. It's an all black cast. Mm-hmm. It's it's Jersey Shore. I don't know. No, like there's literally nothing else to say. Um, they go out, they party, they get in fights, they get drunk. Some of them hate each other. Yeah. Right, but I can say uh, this about it. At least it wasn't fucking boring. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jersey Shore is always entertaining, right? It, right. It, uh, I'm trying... There's only, like, two likable characters in the whole thing, to me. Yes. I, yes. I The gay guy is, like, the most yes. reasonable person in this whole show. And then... Amen. uh, I, I kind of sympath- sympathize with the girl with the dog... Even though I know if yes. I ever was around her in real life, I'd be like, oh my god, she's so annoying. But I sympathize would, with her. She would irritate the fuck out of me. Yeah. Right. But I do sympathize with her because she's kind of, yeah. Well, because everybody's just mean to her more than anything mean else. To her, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I gave this a 2.5, so that's a very good score. I gave it a 3. We're like hmm. super close, but I think. It's just, like, so generic, and it doesn't yeah. feel like they're, like, going out of the box in any way whatsoever. If anything, no. they're, like, going backwards in, like, the the um, the meme of reality shows like this. It's, like, right. less... It's tamer than some other shows like this. Yeah. Well, talking about walking backwards, uh, in a way, also a reality show, in a way, but it's a game show. Uh, Jeopardy Masters! Uh, on ABC. Uh, so this is a tournament featuring six of the former former 
uh, Jeopardy uh, champions, uh, and they are competing in uh, round robin style. So the rules for this was kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, and it's going to be uh, ten shows, and uh, they have two games in each. So it's uh, twenty possible combinations of six players. It's such a weird thing. That's confusing. And, yeah, and all six players will appear in one game each episode. And they all have to. So they all have to go against yeah. each other. Right. Everybody has to compete right. against each other. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, um, uh, it's hosted by the guy that won it one year. How does a round robin work when there's three players? So okay, whatever. I don't even want. I'm not gonna watch it, so I'm not even gonna. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's hosted by Ken Jennings. So there's that. He's been the host for a minute now, right? For like. Uh, No, uh, the cat lady. Oh right. Original host, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. He was, like, um, a temporary host for a minute. That's yeah, right. And, and then she terrible. became, like, the host after they did that Celebrity Jeopardy thing. I remember right. now. Right. Yeah. And he's, like, he's he's as uh, plain as plain can be. He's the most boring person, probably, on the planet. But he's right. super smart. So, there's that. I gave it uh, two and a half stars. Okay, uh, something you saw last week: Jewish matchmaking on Netflix. Mm, yeah. It is an, it is a reality show, another reality show, but this one, it's, I wouldn't say it's similar to other dating reality shows. It's more based around a woman's business as a matchmaker than it is mm. like some dating reality shows where they just are like, we're here to hook up or whatever. This is about like meeting with other Jewish people, and that's what this lady is her specific, like, uh, lane of matchmaking. She doesn't meet them up with, like, she doesn't hook up any other type of people, just Jewish people, right? (laughs) Which is a little, like, I mean, there's, like, farmers online, so I suppose, like, why not have that? Yeah. Um, the problem... Yeah. The problem is, like, to me, mostly, is that inherently, because her whole thing is that she's a matchmaker, and it's kind of Mm. a commercial for her business, Mm. number one, and also, the only people who are able to pay and have a person like this come and uh, take care of, like, getting them into a relationship are rich people. And so every character in this is just somebody who's in some way, shape, or form out of touch with reality because they're just generally wealthy. And so I can't really uh, attach myself to any of the characters. That was my biggest problem with it. Yeah, like I said, I found it extremely strangely anti-Semitic to being such a Jewish uh, show. I don't think it was anti-Semitic. I think it was just... uh, I thought it was. Yeah. I think it's strangely like focusing too much on the they're Jewish. Like at no point would she, as a matchmaker, go, "Oh, well, there's this person who isn't Jewish that actually I think would be a great you. You two would be a great couple." It's just like mm. 
the only person that you can be with is is Jewish. But at the same time, the people that she's matching them, that she's being paid by, are like, I just want, only person I want to be with is somebody who's Jewish. I don't want to be with anybody else. So it's like, that's, I think, what you're getting, where you're getting it from. Right, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Let's talk about a new cartoon I watched this week, Uh, Samurai Jack. Oh, I mean, Unicorn Warriors. (laughs) (coughs) Well, it was made by the same person, right. (laughs) It's made by the same person, but it's good. Uh, It's fun, yeah. It's it's fun. Uh, I would say that it's not as good as Samurai Jack. Well, I just think it's dated. I think the animation's dated because it's so similar to Samurai Jack, and Samurai Jack came out... 25 years ago. <laughs> so... Well, yeah. Not not the last season, though. Because they had... Well, the, that, uh, there was a huge gap. Time. I don't... I mean... That, yeah, yeah. The original... But, like, the animation style hasn't been updated. And so it feels right. a little like... I mean, it, it's a throwback. Yeah. And I appreciate yeah. that about it. Yeah. But I'm not going to say, like, oh, this is something innovative either. Right? So... No, and then... <sighs> I I don't know if I liked the story as much as I liked Samurai Jack. I don't want to compare it to Samurai Jack because they're totally no. different. But uh, yeah. there's elements of it I think are fun, and other ones mm. that are just like kind of goofy. Um, mm. I yeah, it's, it's something I would watch more of, but I don't think it's something I'd go out of my way to watch more of. I I just have to be like in the mood to watch it. It's one of those kind of shows. I'd probably give it a... Four. Oh, I was going to give it a six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, uh, Primal, uh, their last show, uh, was better than this. I don't remember um, if I saw that or not. Let me... Primal is really good. Okay. I think Primal is, is one of uh, the most underrated uh, cartoon shows in history, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. Your turn. Uh, oh, it is my turn. Uh, let's talk about Bubkiss. That's the last thing I saw. Um, okay. We saw this together. It's we did. loosely, very incredibly loosely, based on <laughs> uh, Pete Davidson's life. But more, I think mm-hmm. we determined, just doing some research, it's, it's based around his family, and then the rest, the stories uh, about his life are all fictional. But the characters... Mm-hmm are based on real-life characters with fictional mm. uh, plot lines. That's pretty much what mm. we kind of determined about it, right? Absolutely, yeah. Like, his sister in this is based on his real sister. His mother is based on mm. his real mother. But most of the other stuff is not 100% true. I mean, at the end of the one one episode, we even see, like, pictures of the wedding, of him at that wedding, uh, which was what the episode was all based on. So mm-hmm. some of the storylines, I guess, are, like, loosely based on, you know, whatever. But, yeah, it's all mm-hmm. a big uh, comedy uh, about a guy who's rich but doesn't really know what to do with his life. He's living in mm-hmm. his mom's basement, even though he's, like, a famous comedian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I laughed as much as... I can't remember the last time I laughed so much of episode one. Episode one was really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Where I found... I found two to be as good, but not as funny. It was interesting. We saw two episodes together. But then again, I thought, 
episode three was better. Uh, like I really think this is such a. I I'm not going to compare it with the bear, but 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 I feel like this is a show that a lot of people will sleep on. I don't think this is a show a lot of people will watch, but should watch. I think it's really good. Um, I think it's up there. Uh, I would give it an 8.5. It's a little disconnected as far as episode to episode. There's not like a running mm. storyline, which I think would probably help it a little bit, because each episode has like a different... Uh, it has like, you know, running characters, but there's mm -hmm. not like one like overarching story that connects each episode and it's more mm. like tales of his life which i understand mm. that that's you know that's a style but i think to to grab people and keep them really like engaged having an overarching story is important so i think that's maybe why it's being sl slept on a little bit because i mean it's pete davidson people know it's mm -hmm. know it's there like people mm -hmm. you know so yeah i guess i'd give it a Seven. Yeah, it's you know it's respectable. Great acting, great cinematography. Mm -hmm. The comedy's really good. A little crude humor for maybe some people, mm -hmm. but other than that, I like crude. That's why you're my friend. <laughs> 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 Thanks to Sam, you should say. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's talk about The Power, episode 6. Episode 6, Barkle Fingers. Governments are introducing new laws on EOD testing with Urban Doc's follower... Uh, oh, while Urban Doc's followers are growing more dangerous, forcing some to keep the, the power hidden while putting others in the line of fire. See what they did there, bro? Mm -hmm. In the line of fire. Right. Because somebody lit themselves um, on fire in this episode. <laughs> but I really, really like this episode. This was a great episode, for sure. Yeah, really good. I'm uh, My theory that every episode with the British girl being good is continuing mm -hmm. to be true, if you didn't notice. Yep, yep, yep I did. I think that there is very. <laughs> it's val. It's valid at this point. I mean, we'll it's, continue to watch. It's more but... or less confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more or less confirmed. But the ending of this episode was really good. I think Maybe. the one of the more interesting things from this episode is finding out about the the young guy who has mm, that who yeah. has it, and we don't really know why yet. Uh, but he well, he yeah. says something about having high. Uh, Estrogen, right? Estrogen, yeah. So I'm. We are thinking maybe he's transgender, or he's transitioning, maybe. Yeah. But we like there's. They haven't explained it enough because that. we're still in that. Yeah, yeah. He and the one high school girl who is like basically the original main character of the show. Right. They're they're boyfriend and girlfriend, and they're hooking up, and she's kind of slowly zapping him like in a tickly way mm -hmm. not like in like kind of a sexually playful way yes and he, he's upset with it and kind of pushes her off because it's almost like a rapey scene in a way mm -hmm. um but then we find out yeah that he uh, yeah there's something definitely going on where like they're not communicating so as a viewer we also don't know what's going on there right, right. but i think we'll find out we in the next few episodes 
me and Luke have theories. <laughs> yeah, it's inter- it's one of the more interesting parts of this. I mean, obviously, the ending where the politician really announces yeah. she's going to, to go against the governor, uh, mm-hmm. um, which previously she she said she wasn't going to. Her son clearly is uh, on this uh, kind of Andrew Tate side of things. He doesn't mm-hmm. like uh, the power. There, a lot of people. There's definitely a kind of an Andrew Tate kind of uh, storyline happening uh, with this definitely. Urban Docs character, and in mm-hmm. the end, one of his followers, who is like this creepy guy who was stalking her outside of her house earlier in mm-hmm. the episode, we think he's gonna like you know pull a gun and shoot her. But he ends up lighting himself on fire, like in front of the cameras and everybody else, in a, like a you know, mm, sacrifice. Sac- yeah, there you go, sacrificial mm. type uh, way, kind of what, almost cultish, definitely kind of a cult mm. move. Yeah. Yeah. Now this was uh, really, really good. I think actually this episode will give. I will give an eight point five to. I think this was one of the best episodes of this show I've ever seen. I think, yeah, 8.59 even, uh, as far as the show itself. Like, maybe not all, but, like, as far as episodes go, this was the best episode yet. And two episodes Mm -hmm. ago was a really good episode, but the first half of it wasn't, like, super engaging. This, the whole episode, from start to finish, was, like, really exciting and interesting, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this is turning out to be a pretty good show. Yeah, there's definitely some strange propaganda stuff happening in it, right? Of different. Yeah, and I, and I, I still would say that it's really bad in the beginning. <laughs> like, it's it, it takes a little time to get going. I almost want to read the book now, though, because I want to see like yeah, how much this actually is in the book and how because yeah, when that was written, there weren't really characters like Stephen Crowder or uh, Andrew Tate out Andrew there Tate, to yeah. to create a character like Urban Docs off of. So is this right. just for the TV show, or was it in the book also? I'm kind of wondering. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes me interested in reading the book for sure. Uh, hey, we talked about her before, uh, but uh, Call Me Cat is uh, cancelled after three seasons at Marks. Is it a bit funny that I thought it was cancelled already? <laughs> I did not. It was did not know they were still running it. Uh, right. <laughs> maybe they had like a deal though, but it says uh, unfortunately the audience response to it was not as strong as we had hoped. A Fox spo- spokesman wow. said, "We're thankful for our partnership with Warner Brothers." Um, and Mimi Bialik and Jim Parsons and the entire cast and crew for their work and dedication. So, yeah, uh, it was not a good show. I think we, when we first originally watched it, we're like, this is not a good show. So I'm surprised it lasted three seasons, to be honest. Yeah, I was two episodes and I'm out. Even for, Uh, like, sitcoms, which I generally like more, it was a bad sitcom. Yeah. Yes. Very in general. Uh, CBS-owned CW stations are going independent. Or are they? Or what does this mean? Some uh, CW stations, stations in Philadelphia, Seattle, Atlanta, Detroit, and some other major markets will drop their official affiliation uh, with CBS and go independent. Employees at the stations were told this morning that beginning in September, the stations will drop their affiliation with CBS and go independent. That it... Uh, the effects 
that goes into effect when Paramount will own 14 CBS branded station and 13 independent stations. Um, yeah, so I don't. I, I assume this has to do with advertising more than anything else, right? Mm-hmm. See, it That's says, what I'm thinking. CBS yeah. is now owned by a local TV giant, Nexstar, with Paramount and Warner Brothers Discovery each retaining a small 12.5% stake. Nexstar is pursuing a different strategy of lower-cost originals while leaning into its own ownership of local CW stations. Among programming, Nexstar will cut a deal with Live Golf for CW... St- we talked about the Live Golf thing uh, mm-hmm. previously, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I find it uh, interesting. Uh, I wonder what it will mean in pract- pract- practicality. That was hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. Will the, it, it, I assume it would affect like the quality of um, programming on those because they don't right. have the backing of this gigantic conglomerate anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about the strike, um, it has, uh, or they are trying to shut down uh, a new MCU uh, show, uh, and it costs Disney two hundred thousand a day. That's, uh, I would say, that's a good thing. But that's me. The Writer Guild of America strikers are attempting to shut down production of Wonder Man. That's a stupid-ass name, by the way, but a new Marvel That's show. A terrible name, yeah. And it's costing Disney $200,000 a day. The immediate future of Hollywood projects uh, is is up in uh, the air after the announcement of the WGA going on strike. The now unpaid writers have taken to the streets to protest against the biggest studios. Uh, yeah, so this is just, like, like we said, this is starting now, but we're going to see the effects of this down the line. It's not going to be an immediate thing that we see. There's plenty of shows in the pipeline and movies that are going to be keep coming out, but uh, sooner yeah, than later, also, it's going to run out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They also closed down Agatha, Coven of Chaos, Daredevil, Born Again. So there's also that. Uh, and uh, uh, the new writer of Blade uh, didn't finish its manuscript and things like that. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, I think I think uh, I think this uh, strike will last probably a year plus. That's my guess. Okay, Fox hmm. News is looking to replace Tucker Carlson after. Was it last week he got fired or two weeks ago? I didn't. I don't even remember at this point. Well, Tucker Carlson is not that sad about it because he has gotten a new home. Uh, yeah, well, he's going to Twitter, but then I also saw yep. like Elon Musk come out and say that that's not confirmed yet. Like that's like they're talking about it, but there hasn't the deal hasn't been signed. So oh, I thought it was a done deal. That's what a lot of people were saying, but Elon Musk yeah. is saying that's not true. But maybe it's true now. Mm. I, that was something I saw last night. So. Uh, we can look that up in a second. It, wh- why don't you look that up and I'll, I'll go into this, but... Uh, yeah, well... Fox News is taking a new direction in its primetime after the ouster of Tucker Carlson. Kaylee McEnry, who served as the press secretary for Trump administration for 10 months, is getting a week-long tryout. The network is searching for a replacement, but there's signs Fox News is giving up on... 
on provocative and inflammatory viewpoints. And McHenry comes with a head start of creating controversy that she made racially offensive crack on Friday on Outnumbered. She introduced a discussion of New York protests on May 1st and killing of a black homeless man by a Marine veteran on subway. Uh, What did she say about this? After coming out on the... Out of the video showing a drum-beating mixed-race crowd chanting about the death, McHenry said, Justice or burn it down, well, at least they have rhythm. Yeah, that's racist. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, surprise, surprise. The press secretary for Trump is racist. Uh, there you go. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked as well. Yeah, <laughs> how could that be? Um, yeah, as I see it, it seems like the deal is not like super on paper. Right, I think they're still in talks, but yeah. yeah. But he has given a video out where he says he moved to Twitter. That's what I'm saying. So, hmm. We'll Wait, see. you're Maybe saying Tucker not... Carlson might have lied? It's weird. Okay. Don't don't <laughs> say those things about my biggest hero, Tucker Carlson. Your little tucky sucky. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of this show. <laughs> Audible. AudibleTrial.com forward slash ADC. That's AudibleTrial.com forward slash ADC. If you want a free book, uh, audiobook specifically, mm-hmm. and a free trial of Audible, you can go there, get a free book, uh, 30-day trial, cancel anytime, you get to keep the book. Is one of the books called My Takisake? <laughs> Eurovision, uh, I guess news, there's no, no songs to cover, but, uh, there's, you know, it's Eurovision week, so, news. Yeah, uh, out of the 16 that sung yesterday, 10 qualified. Croatia, Czechia, Finland, Israel, Moldova, Norway, Portugal, Serbia, Sweden, and Switzerland. And Norway was the last country to be called, so I almost had a heart attack yesterday. So that was very nice of the EBU. Oh, the last one to get called for uh, being for for qualifying. Okay. I yeah. thought you meant, like, last to perform, but yeah, okay. No, no, we were the first country. Yeah. So, let's see, any ones that got booted that were, like, songs that uh, were good? Uh, see. I will say that I had 9 out of 10 correct qualifying, so uh, that wasn't really bad. I thought the Netherlands would qualify instead of Serbia. Um, that was the un- only uncorrect. I had yesterday, so I'm happy. Okay, yeah. I, I don't remember any yeah. of these songs being ones that I was super interested in, uh, as far as, like, well, Malta, Latvia, Ireland, <laughs> Azerbaijan, and ne- Netherlands. So, yeah. Yeah. Finland was... Uh, I, I'm i beginning to think that uh, Finland will win. I, I'm having a sneaking suspicion. Uh, we will talk a little about it a bit later, but yeah. Uh, 
risk of cyber attack is the main Eurovision worry, uh, says the BBC executive. Of course, uh, they think uh, that uh, Russia will <laughs> hack Eurovision. I don't really see a reason for that, but sure. Especially since they're not in, in the competition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that I guess just because that that would be the reason? Just Yeah, because they could. Yeah. I guess. Um Yeah. I don't yeah, I guess we'd have we'll have to see. Will it be used as some kind of excuse or something? Yeah, I, I don't know how this is gonna affect anything really, but we'll see. But yeah, uh, in the odds, Sweden is uh, winning chance is forty eight percent. Finland is twenty, and then we're down to Ukraine uh, by seven percent. So I personally think it's between Sweden and Finland. I mean that's not a very hard uh, thing to guess, but I'm beginning to think that Finland actually will take it. But I have a strange feeling that that I will will regret saying this, and Sweden will just win, as I have thought uh, since the song came out. But uh, yesterday, when I when I saw the semi final, I have to say that uh, Finland's performance yesterday really, really uh, took me. Uh, I really was spellbound by his energy and uh, and everything, and Sweden's staging is kind of weird because uh, it looks very small, uh, and that's kind of yeah uh, my biggest problem with it. So I personally think it's Sweden and or Finland, but I think we both agree that the the real winner of this is uh, is uh, Australia. I'm rooting for it to win. It's not going to. Yeah. I'm I'm rooting. No. I'm rooting over here. Uh, rooting I was just thinking, what if this Russian hacking, like root thing, is like a way to deflect from when the new voting rules all go wrong and like You're right. everybody voting in the world is like totally clogs and it's totally screws up in some way and they're like, oh well, mm. the Russians did it. It wasn't our fault. <laughs> that was what I was just thinking. Hmm. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, having two Americans with me and watching this on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I need to figure out that. what exactly time it is Pacific Standard, but I'll figure it out this week sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's on Peacock, if anybody wants to see it. Peacock! Peacock's like, I'm going to be honest, it's like one of the better streaming services right now. As far mm-hmm. as like... Uh, TV show releases, we've gotten a bunch of good TV shows out of it, and as far as, like, new movies that are, like, theater-quality movies coming out before they get released anywhere else, it's, like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I'm, I'm digging Peacock right now. I know we make fun of it, but, uh, they're doing good work, I'll be honest. Well, what we're making fun of is their stupid name. Oh, yeah, they have a dumb name, for sure. And yeah. it's a complete, like, when they made it, it was a completely unnecessary service. <laughs> completely unnecessary. But they're doing they're doing it better than some other streaming services, for sure. Definitely. Uh, talking about movies, I saw movies this week. Um, I saw a horror movie that I was very looking forward to. Evil Dead Rise. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
this was fucking good. Uh, I think it's probably my favorite in the Evil Dead franchise. And I love the third one. Uh, I think uh, the one that came two years ago was a very good imagination. Uh, Are you talking about the TV uh, show? N- no. Okay. The new the new movie. I was gonna say I I did, uh, the TV what? show was kind of not great. No, the TV show was. Eh. Yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, no, the the new. Uh, I really liked it. It has some very good cameos. Uh, fucking horrific. There's a she's greater uh, scene that's very very fun. Okay. Um, I will give it an eight. Yeah, this is like a comedy horror movie more than like a horror horror movie. If people don't know Evil Dead, I guess you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, the movie I saw this week was Inside with William Defoe. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of where this was, but it is a very interesting kind of pan, pandemic-y feeling movie. I, I think that mm. that's where like this was inspired, but it's about a like a jewel thief, like a a guy who you know heists jewels and uh, artwork and things like that. He gets a job. To go rob this apartment, super high-end, like, New York apartment, I assume. Um, he breaks in, and the he sets off the security system on accident, so he gets trapped inside the apartment, hence the name of the movie Inside, right? But mm. he tries to break the security system. The whole This whole apartment is uh, controlled by, you know, uh, Alexa, basically. And so... He breaks the the security system to try to get the door to open, and that screws up everything because the temperature uh, of the building is controlled by the Alexa, the water is controlled yeah. by the Alexa, the everything is control like uh, controlled by that. So it the temperature starts going really high, and then all of a sudden getting really cold, and so he's basically stuck in this apartment battling the you know a broken. Uh, Alexa system that's trying to kill him in a way, but <clears throat> you know he doesn't have any control of it. It's a super interesting movie. Uh, it's right up my alley. It's this is what I would describe as like a, a Luke style movie. You know, it's kind of a deep thinker and also very um, it's artsy, but at the same time done in a, like a, a I don't know a classy way, not like a over-the-top kind of um, bougie way. It's a psychological thriller, I would say. So, uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I think it's one of those ones that is more a me movie than maybe other people, but I would give it a... I'm going to give this a 8.5. Okay. It sounds interesting. And William Defoe, you know, he's a good actor, and he's like mm. the only person in the entire film. So you better like William Defoe. If you don't like William Defoe, you're not going to like this movie. <laughs> I love William Defoe's song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one ranger, two ranger, three ranger. Is that the joke? Ranger Alex Tyree. We're here with the approval of your state department. I wonder if this is going to be a cowboy movie. What do you think? Mexico and collect a prisoner. It sounds like bounty hunter music. Dog the bounty oh. hunter. 
John Malkovich? Okay. Yeah. Sometimes Malkovich will just do any movie that's like thrown at him, it feels like. <laughs> that is very true. Being John Malkovich being a very good movie. You've already talked to the major. We are already talking. You're in the UK now. Protocol is. Oh. Okay. This looks terrifically, yeah, awesomely bad. So he's like a Texas lawman who's in England, but he's serving Texas justice to the British people. Mm -hmm. I was doing on. Is that Thomas Chain? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fortune in favor is the bold. Was that, is he Highlander, or does he just look like Highlander? <laughs> oh god, this looks awful. What is this? <laughs> Honestly, it looked like it was gonna be a comedy, but it's clearly not a comedy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? One ranger, recruited by the British intelligence, a Texas ranger must track down and stop a dangerous terrorist from uh, attacking London. 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb, okay. 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3 out of 5 on Voices from the Balcony, and 60% of Google users like, yeah, being, I almost said being John Mal John Malkovich is in it, Thomas Jane is in it, Dominique Tipper. Well... Uh, Wang C on uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, gave it a half star. Toxic, Texas gunslinger, good. Indians, dumb. Mexican, Russian, and I Irish, bad. Fly to the UK to shoot them all. <laughs> Chat, Chat BGT uh, could have written a better script than this brain-dead cowboy wet dream even without an internet connection. John Malkovich's English accent and inherently acting shows late signs of dementia. Just get help. Wow. <laughs> I don't think he liked the movie. Speaking of chat GBT, 1 out of 10 from Video Droom 8. Is it written by AI? Who the hell would write such nonsense? <laughs> the amount of brain farts is so large, I even had... A suspicion that maybe AI has already been made or wrote the script, or if it was written by humans, then they deserve to be replaced by an AI. I can't decide what was more ridiculous, the way Thomas Jane speaks, or the way he limps around like an old man with rheumatoid arthritis, <laughs> and is yet to be able to fist fight with a... and yet he's able to fist fight with a 200-pound MMA fighter on steroids. <laughs> Times must be really bad when a legend like John Malkovich can't avoid such stink bombs as this one. He's been getting a lot of them lately, it seems like. It's, uh, I feel cheated seeing names like Thomas Jane and John Malkovich. Might, one might assume that this is good, but no. That's like the new thing. If anything's bad, it was just written by AI, I, I think now, yeah. <laughs> Any good ones? I got a good one. If uh, Let's see. Yeah, come on. Uh, uh, I got a 10 out of 10. Outstanding uh, film uh, from 
Gur-877318 in the days mm-hmm. when Hollywood writes nothing but remakes and worn out crap it's nice to see something uh, novel and fresh for a change the characters come to life in the depth uh, <laughs> Dean Jagger does some amazing job portraying a psychotic terrorist threat okay so the best thing they can say is like at least it's not uh, rehashed like or a sequel or something like that well, let's talk about the Celine Dion movie that came out this week, uh, called Love Again. A young woman tries to ease pain of her fiancé death by sending romantic texts to his old cell phone number and forms a connection with the man the number has been resigned to. Uh, like I said, with uh, Celine Dion's Sam Hugman and Travika Chopra Jonas, uh, the wife of the Jonas brother. I think Nick uh, Jonas is also in the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He is, yeah. Uh, six out of ten on IMDb. A whopping 19% on Rotten Tomatoes look. I, I can also tell you a fun little fact that it got. Uh, so in, in Norway, we do like from one to six because it's a dice system. Okay. Uh, for some fucking reason, and the Norwegian biggest paper gave this a one and said it was the most awful movie they had ever seen. Uh, 31% on Metacritic and 79% of Google users like this amazingly good movie. A truck driver, uh, oh, this is Land of Gold, a truck driver discovers a 10-year-old girl stowed away in his trailer en route to Boston. After debating the merits of turning her into the police, he puts his own livelihood in jeopardy by agreeing, agreeing to take her to her uncle. Um, uh, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. That's pretty good. 2.5 out of 5 on IndieWire. No mm-hmm. other scores than that. It's got Nardeep Kumari, Tina Parker, Iqbal Theba, and Karen Davis. So... Mm. I don't know. I don't know. What's love got to do with, got to do with? It's a movie that's come out this week. Zoe is a documentary filmmaker who uses a dating app that only delivers an endless stream of Mr. Wrongs. Okay. For Zoe's childhood friend and neighbor cast, the answer is to follow his parents' example and opt for arranged marriage to a bright and beautiful bride from Pakistan, as oh Zoe films his... What? <laughs> it just sounds like a terrible idea, but okay. It, it does, yeah. As Zoe films his hopeful journey to marry a stranger, she begins to wonder if she might have something to learn from the profoundly different approach to finding love. Uh, this is with Lily James and Emma Thompson. Uh, six out of three on uh, IMDb. 70% on Rotten Tomatoes? Wow, not us uh, 59% on Metacritic and 84% of Google users like this movie. That's a weird score all over. Yeah, it's definitely something you can learn uh, from a, a system where you can trade women for I- other items. Yeah, that's definitely something to learn from. <laughs> Guardians 3, uh, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, 
Peter Quill must rally his team to defend the universe and protect one of their own. <coughs> if the mission is not completely successful, it could lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. Directed by James Gunn, 8.3 out of 10 on 9B, 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, 95% on Fandango, and 95% of Google users liked it. Pretty good scores. I mean, everybody usually likes these. It's got Chris Pratt uh, and Vin Diesel and all the other people in it that are always in all these movies. I've never seen a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, so. Oh, the first one is really good. Uh, the second one is shit. And I'm going to guess this is pretty bad as well. Scores are decent, uh, though. Yeah, but the, I think the scores were for the second one was pretty decent as well. Okay. Uh, the Melt Goes On Forever. It's a documentary. Uh, it's a portrait of celebrated African-American artist David Hayman's, uh, which rule-breaking work offers a commentary on race in America. Hammonds uh, emerges as a powerful, authentic force out of Los Angeles' 1965 Watts Rebellion to become a global, recognized, category-defying figure in the art world. Uh, okay. No scores. And finally, the documentary Slava Ukraine. Uh, you can probably guess what this is about, but from Kharkiv mm, to let Bakhmut. Guess. Is it... To Garshan, filmmaker Bernard Henry Levy documents the ravages of war in Ukraine through the testimonies of soldiers and civilians. 3.7 out of 10 on IMDb and 54% on Just Watch. I'm not seeing a Rotten Tomatoes. Let me see if there's... Oh, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. I thought it was about the closed dolphins of South America. Oh, it's 60% audience score. It hasn't been... It doesn't have a tomato meter. Sorry. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next week we will talk news of the week, TV and movies of the week. We will cover Eurovision with a special guest. Uh, we will talk about Power Episode 7? Seven? 7. I want to say 7. In oh, the, yeah. Right. The, that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, another digital uh, review of Hypnotic. I'm going to guess that is a horror movie. I'm thinking psychological thriller, but yeah, something yeah. something like that. It's got to be like some evil psychic, right? Yeah. Uh, cool. Jeremy Round. Mr. Beast buying up an entire neighborhood in North Carolina. Uh, we can talk about the other Mr. Beast controversy right after this, but... <laughs> last year, Forbes ranked Mr. Beast as the YouTube's highest-earning creator. Uh... It says here, his real name, Jamie Donaldson, has over the years purchased five homes near Greenfield, North Carolina, in the area where he grew up in. The suburban brick zones are centered around a cul-de-sac. They were not listed and were bought off-market, meaning, you know, he bought them from the person. Mm -hmm. uh, it's unclear who lives in the home, but Donaldson has been living close to his childhood friends for years. Uh, Donaldson bought a four-bedroom, four-bath, two-story house in the area of, uh, in 2018. So it seems like he's buying up like a neighborhood for him and his friends to live in, is what it seems like, is mm. what they're saying. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised by that, though. I, I, what I'm to understand is uh, Mr. Beast lives, like, for the amount of money he has, he lives fairly frugally, if that makes sense. 
Right. He doesn't have like a giant mansion or anything. He lives in like a fairly normal house and things like that. Uh, Tommy in it did a face reveal of his girlfriend for some fucking reason this week. I'm so sick of face reveals. Just if you want to be uh, anonymous, be anonymous. If not, then I don't care what your face looks like. <laughs> if you're going to do a face reveal, you better have like some kind of serious deformity or something for me to care. And definitely when it was like his very cute uh, girlfriend. So weird. You better have been in a car crash when you were a kid or something uh, for me to give a <laughs> shit about it. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mr. Beast, uh, he put out another thousand... Well, there was a controversy from the thousand blind people, right? And then he puts mm -hmm. out a thousand deaf people. And, of course, deaf people, yeah. very similar controversy, obviously. Yeah. Um, people's similar, like, logic as to why they didn't like the thousand blind people, but I think this one, also people were like, why is it... Why is this a six-minute video? Because mm -hmm. most of the time Mr. Beast videos are, like, twice as long. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of, like... It makes me think they cut out of a lot of us a lot of stuff that they were already working on when that other video, when the blind video came out. They were yeah. working on that. This one, at the same time, they saw the reaction and were like, oh, we can't have a bunch of this stuff, so they cut it down to six right. minutes. Is what I'm thinking. I don't know. What do you think? I also think that. Okay. Yeah. I think you're 110% correct. I think, again, uh, just, like, the hmm? controversy is a little silly, but there are certain aspects to it that I understand. So. Mm. Uh, did PewDiePie troll you this week? I didn't watch that video. The one where he's, like, gender reveal or whatever? Yeah. I just didn't watch it. I, I saw it, but I was like, I don't I don't know that I care that much about a gender reveal. <laughs> yeah, no, it was kind of funny. Watch it. Okay. You will see what I mean. Yeah. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, Bingo 98 Season 2 started and ended this week. It's a brutal moose thing. If people want to check it out, it's on Twitch and YouTube. But it's like a thing where he plays Windows 98 games, but they're mm. chosen by a bingo board. And then the live chat gets to decide after 15 minutes if he continues to play the game or if he stops playing the game. So you never know how long he's going to play what and what game it's going to be. It's it's like very exciting because you never know what's going to happen kind of thing. Yeah, it's fun. There's two seasons. He says there's going to be a third season very soon, so yeah. Uh, talking about controversial things, New Kitty came out with a new video. It's always interesting when she tries to <laughs> be controversial. Uh, yeah, I heard there was a few people um, going against her this week that I saw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, the Ollie London H3 thing that we talked about at the end of the show, I think, last week. Or we at least mentioned it, because I think it happened the mm -hmm. same day we did the show last week. But yeah, there was Ollie London H3 podcast interview. I think he did a good job of kind of uh, or as far as H3 uh, going against Ollie London, but Ollie London's really slippery. He knows how to get around certain questions or just avoid answer mm -hmm. answering direct questions. He He's good at avoiding uh, trapping himself by answering the question. He just kind of, like, avoids it and makes his own talking point, right? Yeah. But uh, let's talk about the biggest drama on YouTube. Uh, the Froggy Fresh versus iDubs. Oh yeah, drama. I had that down. Yeah, 
I mean, it's an ongoing thing, but what happened this week is iDubs came out with a reaction video because um, the event is actually over now. He was able to, mm. like, react to it, and I don't know. What do you think about the reaction? Um, I find it interesting that a guy that is very known for being a very controversial YouTuber, to say it mildly, uh, with his like edgy comedy seems so frail uh, well, I mean I think he did a good job in this of explaining like he does he disavows like his past edginess and that he's changed as right. a person so I guess like the videos you're talking about are years ago at this point so sure I understand that like people change and sure. I think other people are not um, respecting that. But it, it, I think Froggy I, Fish I have, especially is like I'm not. This is how this is the per, this is the Ian I liked, and I don't ever mm. want him to change. And so if he does change, I'm going to be mad at him. And I think it's the same with Sam Hyde, kind of. I feel if you disavow what you have done in the on the internet before, and still keep up videos that you get monetization from. You don't have the right to kind of like say, oh, I changed my mind and through the things I have given out after that, many years after, I think I gave the message that I have changed my my mind. I like, I, I feel like that's kind of like double talk in my mind. I would assume all of his videos are unmonetizable. <laughs> so that, sure. there's that. I don't think it's a thing of like he's making money off of it. I do think... That if you if he as a creator was to delete all those videos, people would mm. go call him out and say, "Oh, you're trying to deny your past. Uh, you're trying to you're trying to get rid of it." So it's kind of like yeah, but you you either if you do do it you lose, if you don't do it you lose. You know, there's it's a no win situation mm. to me and as but, far as like that kind of thing. But if you don't stand behind it. Uh, how can you keep it up? Like, if we did an episode of this podcast that I felt was tremendously against something uh, that I stand for today, I would say take it down, because it doesn't represent who I am today. Uh, yeah, but I think if you are able to, like, in the future, say, oh, that thing that I thought in the past I now have changed my mind on, Mm. Um, then if people are go back to look for it and it's not there, then they go, well, I don't even know what he changed his mind on. You know what I mean? It's, um, mm. it, if, if you're trying to, if you're not trying to hide anything, then there's no reason to delete it. Um, if you are trying to hide it, hide the fact that that's what you believed in the past and you've changed your mind, then you would delete it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> there is yeah. no winning in this situation. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I guess it's a loose-loose situation, but I do feel like uh, people can criticize him for the points he's making if he's keeping up material that could be construed as something against what he's saying today. Yeah, I do agree that that you should be allowed to change your mind. For fuck's sake, I mean, I, when we started this podcast, I was a hardcore Christian. Uh, yeah, and 
Yeah, so there's there there's nothing wrong with changing your mind, and I think I think it it should. Uh, I I I'm not entirely against the Ian, but but uh, and I do think uh, he should be uh, happy that he has kind of like gotten his point out that he has changed his mind, but I do feel it's kind of a, a tiny bit weird. Uh, keeping up the material uh, and also disavowing it in the same sentence. I'm guessing he would love to be able to take it down, but that he feels like he can't, um, mm. is my guess. And more than that, I bet he wishes he never made it. Mm. You know, so that's really the start of it. Is like he probably wishes he never even put himself in this situation in the first place. So, mm. yeah, you got to think of it that way, I guess. Oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, that doesn't mean that uh, uh, Freshy, what is this called? I almost called him Freshy Pants. I mean, really, <laughs> it was really more of a thing between him and Sam Hyde and Froggy right. Fresh. Yeah, Froggy Fresh Froggy is Fresh. just kind of in the middle of the action, in the middle of the whole thing, more than anything else. But I, I definitely feel, felt like he was integralizing him. Is that what I'm trying to say? Froggy Fresh was? Like, yeah, he was trying to push him. Oh, yeah, like I think so. Buttons. He yeah. claims that it was like, oh, I'm trying to hype up the fight. But he wasn't, right. like, and I going after like... the other guy yeah. he was fighting. He was going after the promoter, so that didn't really make sense. Right. Like, yeah. as an excuse, I guess. And I also feel like when Ian gave such a very clear, like, what I am having problem with is that you're working with Sam Hyde that is talking shit about my wife constantly uh i think uh i don't think his answer of like oh are you trying to tell me who i'm supposed to be friends with is a very good answer like it is his fucking like boxing event and and uh this froggy person was a total douche like i i don't think what he did was was right but i'm i'm saying it should be allowed to also think that Ian is being kind of hypocritical of his old material of keeping that up. I, I, I understand what you're saying and I I respect it, but I do think it's it's kind of like, yeah, damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah. Uh, Crystal and Kyle got married this week with some better news. They did? Oh. Yeah, I mean, they've been engaged for a while, but if you notice... If if you watched any of Breaking Points, they haven't been on for the last week. I'm assuming they're on their honeymoon, right? I would assume. Oh, yeah. that's cute. There were some photos and stuff out there. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, speaking that, of, because I really want to see. Okay. <laughs> speaking yeah. of relationships, uh, everybody was mad at Taylor Swift for dating somebody. <laughs> Apparently, you can get mad at somebody for dating a guy that oh. you don't want them to. I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. I guess the last thing I had was the fries on Chinese food British debate. I mean, I've seen a few people talk about this. Uh, Do you think this is because of Eurovision? (laughs) uh, Maybe. Well, I think it's because of TikTok. So it could be connected to Eurovision in some way. But American, some Americans found out that British people put like fries or chips as they call them. Mm -hmm. And curry sauce on their Chinese food, 
It's so such a weird combination. I don't. I can't. Like that's just it. I don't want to say it's bad. Like some people are like, oh, that's gross. I don't know that it's gross because right. I've never tried it, but yeah, it doesn't sound it. Yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> Potatoes with like orange chicken. I can't imagine being tasty. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's silly, and I I think it's kind of like it's a. It's it's such a funny discussion because it's like it's about like culture that I have absolutely like no connection to. So for me it's like okay, I would like to try that. I understand Just why have... people sound it, why people think it sounds weird for sure, 100%. Yeah. And it, it is weird that it's like lots of people there do it. It's not just like a niche thing. It's like a well-known mm. thing and that nobody else um most people around the world didn't seem to know it was a thing until this week. That's the really interesting mm -hmm. part, yeah. I agree. Okay, uh, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, well, there's Epstein I Island. I was, Epstein's Island was sold, but that's it, yeah. Who too? Some billionaire bought it, and well? he's going to turn it into a resort. <laughs> yeah. What do you call it if you, you you like turn it into a resort? Do you, like, do you make a, a deal of it being Epstein's Island in the promotional material? Right. Yeah, like uh, those haunted uh, hotels and things like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My guess is no, but it's not like you can yeah. really avoid people knowing what island it is. <laughs> also. Right. So do you call it like the Epstein Memorial? Oh no, we have the. TM for that, so you're not allowed to call it that. You call it slightly small Bishop James <laughs> Island. I see what you did. Yeah. I see what you did. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Okay, uh, I'm Fro from Norway. Uh, I'm Luke from the US. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye bye, everybody. Another, di another, digi another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen.